Hi, I'm Sam Walsh, producer of Multisite Masters. Welcome to this week's show. This week we have Robin Rowland joining us. Robin is the CEO of Yo Sushi, the highly successful and much-loved chain of Japanese sushi restaurants. In this episode, Robin takes us through his return to the sharp end of the business. Having spent the previous two plus years as chair, Robin has recently taken the reins as CEO. He's changed the makeup of his executive team, and together now they are busy shaking things up at Yo and driving towards a new period of growth and profitability. Robin goes on to share some insight into how he and his team try to keep things fresh and always look to do things differently, whether that be with their people, their product, promotions or the design of their properties. Joining us as our host again this week, we also have Jane Sunley. Jane is founder and chair of HR consultancy Purple Cubed, which advises some of the best known names in retail, hospitality and beyond, just how they can harness technology to improve employee engagement. You can contact the Purple Cube team by hello at purplecube.com or through their website purplecube.com. That's purple as in the colour, C-U-B-E-D, all one word, dot com. This episode is brought to you by Yapster, the mobile chat app for retail and hospitality teams. Some of the UK's biggest retail and hospitality brands are already using Yapster to drive sales, improve job satisfaction and lower staff turnover. To find out more about how Yapster can help your organisation, please visit yapster.info. That's Y-A-P-S-T-E-R.info. Okay then, on with the show. Over to you, Jane. I'm Jane Sunley, and I'm sitting here in the head office of Yo! with legendary CEO Robin Rowland. Robin, welcome. Hi, Jane. Can we just start, can you tell us about your yo journey? Because it's been quite an interesting one, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, interesting, it's a bit of a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> I joined in 99, um, incredibly 18 years this summer. Uh, we've been through uh, private ownership and through manage- three management buyouts. Uh, we've opened restaurants all around the world. And today we have about 70 in the UK. We've got 15 franchised and we've got four in America. Wow, okay. And before yo, how did you get there? Um, like many people, I kind of fell into the industry. I was a graduate trainee with Whitbreads, uh, and I run pubs and restaurants, everything from a Michelin-style restaurant through to um, East End boozers and nightclubs. Um, and then I got plucked out of that by uh, Graham Met, who took me to run the Old Leon's restaurants, which I built from four restaurants to 25 mm-hmm. by the age of 32, which were big sites and very successful in their time. Um, and then I ran about 120 outlets with um, Scottish Newcastle, which was a variety of, um, uh, well, there's Old Liam's, there were Central London pubs, and then there were lots of uh, country hotels as well to run. So I did it in my mid-30s. <clears throat> I was desperately keen to do something for myself, and I tried to buy the Dome Group, for those who are old enough to remember, oh, remember that, that business, which <laughs> is a super business. Um, couldn't pull that off, and I joined the restaurant group, which is my last job before, um, uh, joining Yo Sushi, where I did a turnaround for one of their uh, fledgling businesses, which is a Mexican business called Nachos. Um, and then I took off and did international franchising for a year um, and traveled the globe. Oh. And then I found my Yo. And um, I really wanted to become a partner in the business. And I met the founder of Yo Sushi, um, joined him as a, a business partner, and um, subsequently bought the business off him in uh, 2003. Ah, interesting. And, you know, it's been going for such a long time. How's it stood the test of time? Well, still cool, isn't it? It's still achingly cool, and I think millennials uh, still think it's new, which is wonderful. <laughs> I think it's a Peter Pan 
concept. I and mean, we've never stopped innovating. We have a phrase called can I, which is constant and never ending innovation. Uh, we've never stopped innovating on our product, on our people, on our, on our promotion. Um, and our property, we never build the same restaurant twice. And then in terms of profits and systems, I'm pretty eclectic. I love looking for new ideas. I don't look to the restaurant space. Generally, I look to fashion and retail. Um, and that's probably how we've stayed current and, and relevant. Um, and I employ an awful lot of young people who probably keep me young as well. Yes, and innovate too, yeah. So t let's just talk about the fashion and retail thing. Give us some examples of things that you've been inspired to do through those mediums? Well, uh, originally, it, it actually goes back to uh, working with Simon. Uh, we, 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 Simon Woodruff was a rock and roll stage set designer, so he worked with Moody Blues and Genesis and such like. Um, and stage set design um, is quite close to fashion, so then you're into catwalks, and then mm -hmm. we, we, we looked at um, uh, what Nike were doing in the um, uh, 2000s, and we are looking at what Apple did when it first started, and we looked at what Google were doing. Um, and there's an awful lot to look in the way they actually communicate their brand. Um, and I think if you, if you actually um, have more of a global view, and I've travelled a lot, I think you, you start realising there is a universality of, of um, people's experiences, and people want to be educated and stimulated, um, and they want to be surprised. And I guess those are what those three brands do anyway. Um, and they do change their season every, every six months. So we do change our menu quite a lot. Um, and that's, that's, that's kind of the, where we kind of got our, our sort of um, inspiration from. Mm. And then, then, you, then you're in the dot-com era, and then you're into the internet era, then you're into this social era. We've always employed people who work with agencies who are non-restaurant. Yes. And that doesn't with restaurant design, or whether it's applying our music, or um, uh, helping us in terms of innovating our products. We've always basically worked with um, agencies who are out of sector. That's very interesting. Is that quite unusual? I think it's quite unusual. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how we got there, but that's been our sort of mantra to yeah. avoid going down tried and tested paths and, and trying to. We, we don't want to be necessarily innovators, but we just by default are because we try stuff that people um, in more corporate environments are probably more fearful of doing. Yes, yeah. So obviously, you're very into the food. Tell us what's happening at the moment in Yo Food Wise. Well, food wise, um, since I came back uh, last year, um, Mike Lewis, who's our, our chef, Mike, who's our fantastic executive chef, uh, we sent him back to Japan probably about two or three uh, times every six months to really understand what's happening with street food. Right. Um, I was very interested in um, uh, seeing where the next generation of food would like to come mm -hmm. from. And we've done a great job in terms of democratizing sushi. I mean, five or six million people a year do yo. Um, I think we do a pretty good sh shout at the conveyor belt. Uh, but I was trying to interested in seeing what was coming next from yes. Japan. So. We opened New York last month. Um, it's been hugely successful, and it's on the back of, sure, it's the conveyor belt and the sushi, but it's this Japanese street food, which right. seems to have captured people's imagination. Ah, interesting. Okay, we'll all have to try it, won't we, really? And, and you, you know, all of these things that you've been doing since you've come back in as CEO from, from being chairman, mm. what are you most proud of of the things that you've, you've been doing? Uh, well, I, I'm genu genuinely proud of the team, because what's happened is, um, uh, we have changed quite a few people, but um, there's a good mix of old and new in the business now. So the, I'm very proud of the way the team have actually um, pulled together. Uh, and collegiately, I think there's a holy trinity in terms of operations between um, uh, the people team, which we call the HR, the HR team, um, the marketing team, which is really about the brands and about yeah. the future, yeah. and about operations, which is where the rubber hits the road. Yeah. And I think the three of them are working, are very proud of the way they're working, and it's in a very constructive way, 
a rather divisive um, yes. and ag- antagonistic way, which yes. I do see in many other businesses. Yeah, that's um, true. Because they share values and they actually are determined to grow um, a business which they're proud of. And it's based on quality growth rather than short-term uh, shortcuts. So I'm yeah. proud of what their, their work. Um, I'm also I'm very proud of the speed which we're, we're, we're getting changed through. We've um, uh, replaced our EPOS system, so you know you won't see it as a customer, but we've got much more intel on our business. Okay. And I'm hugely proud of what we achieved in America, which is very, very hard to do from a distance. Um, and then, by the way, we opened a restaurant in Paris last week, and we opened one in Sydney next week. And this sort of seems to happen now without people you know, breaking a sweat, because people are trusted to actually get on and do it. Yeah, amazing. Great. Brilliant. So going back to your dream team, what do you look for when you're recruiting these people? Um, we, well, I'm very lucky because um, five years ago, a man called Robert Bean, who I recommend people contact, um, did a piece of work with us, and he, he said, your, your, the issue with your, your brand is the inconsistency. And, it, and I said, okay, well, how do you deal with this? He said, well, he had a similar situation we were working with Honda and BMW, so I was slightly flattered by the great, great brands. Yeah. And he said the way we did, we actually got them to start working together from main board right through to shop floor was getting um, a selection of people together and doing a brainstorm. So we, we followed his advice, and uh, 25 of us um, contracted to spend two days together, starting ripping bits of um, uh, editorial out of, out of newspapers about yes. um, photographs of what we thought the brand stood for. Yes. And we had to negotiate with each other. And I thought this is a bit of, um, you know, uh, rather exciting, fluffy, bunny marketing. But actually, it was very, very powerful. And what came out of it, he said there are four values. Well, we all agreed the four values, but they're respectful, unconventional, colourful and confident. We put the four together, it's, it's Ruck. Right. Ruck is the, 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 the vein of truth between all of us. Um, yes. We all display it, we all live by those um, mantra, um, and it means we are constantly agitating for quality change uh, without actually losing the, the quality of respect, which is a very hard thing to achieve in business. Um, and I think that, that's, that's, that's allowed us the, um, uh, the commonality of approach between us. Yes. And I've always employed people who come from um, probably, probably done the next job um, beyond the one they come in to work in Yo. So nice. they bring lots and lots of wisdom and experience. So I employ yes. grown-ups. Yes. Um, we're sitting at a board table here, which I, I genuinely look forward to Monday. They may not look forward to it, but I look forward to having this collegiate conversation where you've you're, you're got eight grown-ups around the room yes. who are just tremendously proud of what they're doing and are just are probably at the top of their game now. Yes. Um, that's, that's how we get our business done. And it just underpins the, the importance of culture and defining those values. Absolutely, yeah. because if you don't do that, you haven't got anything to hang everything else on. No, and if you don't recruit, recruit people who actually display that exactly. or, or actually demonstrate that yeah. um, through their previous behaviour, you're probably not going to change them. No. And I think there's a point where you, you're, uh, you know, you're, 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 probably, you're probably formed by the age of 25. It's unlikely to change much beyond that. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So I want corporate entrepreneurs. Yes. And yeah, People dis- dis- yeah, discipline, discipline, but still innovative. Absolutely, that's brilliant. Um, so just let's talk a little bit more about culture across the business because I can understand how it happens in in head office. How do you get everybody living and breathing it in in the sites? Well, I mean that 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 that's that's a key bit challenge for multi-site management. And the first thing I did when I came back back for our new investors, I said, you, "You're not going to see much of me because I'm going to um, spend." the first um, three months in the restaurants. And they looked aghast, and they said, well, about a 100-day plan. They said, well, that will be after my 100 days with my people. So I did go and visit every restaurant um, and spend time with every general, man- general manager, every head chef. And that's, that's um, you know, 
if you take our about close to 80 restaurants yeah. which we own that was a huge commitment to my time um, but for me it was very hugely rewarding because what happened was like I understood where um, the stronger you know, areas, what regions were, where the less strong ones were, where we needed to give them more support. So I also physically looked at the restaurants as well. But I saw the business through their eyes. Um, and I think the culture has to come from the top. Yeah. So if I couldn't demonstrate that, um, being respectful and unconventional, colourful, confident, they probably wouldn't be doing that as well. And I think we needed to do a lot more of that. So I also got the team to get out much more in the restaurants. I mean, we've been through a very difficult sale process where people have been very centrally uh, controlled and inward looking and I want to be outward looking and the other, the other bit is I spend a lot of time um, looking at guest research um, just putting a mirror to our face yeah. saying actually you know what there's quite a lot of work to be done here yes um, yeah and now you're doing it and now well we've acted on what we're told fantastic so I know that you inspire a lot of people a lot of aspiring CEOs and existing CEOs but who's influenced you in your career me uh, well one is yeah, flattering that um, people think that but I, I, I'm very lucky I've had three or four extraordinary mentors in my career um, uh, I count amongst them people like uh, Andrew Guy um, and uh, there's a guy um, uh, who basically ran old Lee and so people don't know is American who's a huge large life character um, for me um, people like Bob Painton who are great sort of um, you know uh, entrepreneurs yeah. and for yeah. time I thought extraordinary um, I I I, I think that in the industry, I have uh, three great buddies who keep me sane, because I think actually it's quite lonely being a CEO. Those yes. CEOs listen to this, yeah. they'll recognise this. Um, I'm very lucky to have a peer group of people like uh, uh, James Haller and Mark Derry and Steve Wilkins, um, who are friends, but also you know, uh, critics if I get something wrong, which is great. Um, I've always um, had my door open to a lot of people, so I think that... Um, there's not one person who's extraordinary in this industry, I mean, myself included, we all have our are foibles, but there are, there are some, some, extra, some extraordinary talents in this industry as well, yes. and we've lost some extraordinary talent as well. People like Tim Bacon, I think, yes. are, are rare individuals uh, we've yes. lost. Um, and I, I know I'm very fortunate, I sit on the board of Marston's, which is, um, has an extraordinary CEO um, who's been there a long time, but still is evergreen and young in his heart. Um, uh, Ralph uh, Findlay and um, Jerry Ford, I sit in his board with Catherine, and Catherine Nero, okay. who I think is um, a very inspiring character as well. But the truth is that both those two um, are genuinely in love with their business um, and they are fiercely protective of the culture of their business yes. and they are great people developers. So if they're kind of the uh, defining characteristics of the people I most admire, that's probably why. Yes, because people at the end of the day are the heart of everything. Well, and you can't do it your own. No. I, I think that's the truth. Anybody yeah. who thinks that it's a one-trick pony um, is foolish and extreme. You need to... Uh, complementary skills and you should also respect the differences between teams uh, yeah. rather than just having a mono team as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it sounds as though you've turned it around from the inward looking to the outward looking. So how, uh, what's your advice for people who want to, um, you know, people worry sometimes that they're controlling things and uh, but they don't know how to let go. So you're obviously very good at empowering people if we want to use that word. How does it... Well, I'm, I'm not so sure. I think a lot of my team would laugh because they, 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 they think I they think I probably am quite meddling. I I I don't know. I I I don't I don't, I don't like lots of form, formal meetings for kickoff. I mean, we have a Monday meeting where which we basically discuss everything. Yeah. Um, and then I probably have one one my direct reports, but it could be just literally as little as ten minutes, or it could yeah. be as long as an hour every week. Um, I think that you have to trust people, which, and you can only trust people when they actually do good work. Mm -hmm. So you, you win my trust, you get my, my confidence to get them and do stuff. Um, I'd like to be 
I like to be surprised and delighted by extraordinary things when they happen. So I tell people that, and when it really happens, they know it's true. Because like what happened in New York, I thought was extraordinary two weeks ago. We're about to open in Box Park in Croydon week after next. That is a pop-up yo. Um, we have a very junior team working on it, but they're going to be brilliant. Yeah, they're going to be, It's going to be fantastic. Um, so I think it's a light touch. And then you should, and then a CEO should be you know, keeping a, a careful watch on some of the key indicators, yes. and should just be just nudging the tiller back. Um, and the team shouldn't be fearful if you give um, feedback, which um, is not always positive. I think you're, I, I give lots of positives out, but I mean, even yesterday with ten restaurants, and I, two of the restaurants, um, I think there were issues, but I basically was able to talk to the um, fact to both operation manager, the operations director, yeah. and give what I thought was reasonable feedback. Yeah, and I think. I think it's just being honest with each other and trusting people yes. probably will get you a long way. Yes. So you said there are things you look at and you, you keep an eye on what's going on. What are your key metrics? What are your things that are the absolute non-negotiables that you look at? Okay, well, the, the, um, first of all, everyone knows I'm very simple. It's a happy teams and happy guests. Sounds ridiculous. Happy no, teams, sure. happy guests. Yeah. I mean, even sitting on the board, which I the privilege of being on Marston's board and Nero's board and the Middle East board I'm on, I do just care about those passionately because I think you... Um, you know, you can spend a lot of money on, on building beautiful restaurants. Mm. You can spend a lot of time basically creating you know crazy products, which is probably not very always deliverable. Um, but unless you've got those two things, you probably haven't really got a long term business. Yeah. So, but the KPIs we use to measure our business are very much around um, uh, guest feedback, yeah. um, net promoter scores, around team engagement, plus the usual things about um, turnover. Um, I look at like for likes obsessively um, because I do think it's, it's the one tr- one one truth. Um, because if you're not growing a business, you're probably losing business. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's that's probably the first thing every morning I, I always look at. And okay. and I also know that um, you know you can only you have to recalibrate some budgets pretty quickly because the yeah. world changes so fast these days. Absolutely. Thirty years ago, it was almost pretty always upward only piece of cake. The truth is today you're you're only as good as you know last week's numbers because a competitor could come in or there could be some new wave in terms of cuisine and you just have to be a little bit sensitive to that. Yep. So I think even 12-month budgets are really tough now for this world. Yeah. So we kind of, we do a, a 6 plus 6, which I think recalibrates. But I know I've got to get from 0 to the year-end number. And, and the key KPI for a CEO is actually delivering that EBITDA at the end of the year. Yeah, you can kid yourself, but it's your job to navigate ship between the rocks to get to that, that end point and yeah. do it year after year after year. After year, yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned new co- new things on the high street. So what what's going on out there, and what do you think's next? Um, I mean, I think if, I think London is, London is extraordinary, more extraordinary than New York actually, which I think is pretty spectacular because there are lots of very very clever people doing very clever uh, one offs. I mean, like crickets, yes. I think yes. is brilliant. By the way, amazing, uh, amazing, and it's all about the quality of the food, and that's what I think is really exciting. Um, whether, it's, whether it's repeatable and scalable is another question. Will it, if it works in London, will it work in Aberdeen? I mean, it's, it's, it is a, there's a, um, it's tricky to get something to scale. Yes. And I, you know, I'm lucky with Yo, I've got something quite differentiated and ahead of the market. Um, I think that what's coming next, I think there will be more concern. I think Leon's got the, the gestalt at the moment around you know, fresh food. I do think there's a bit about sustainability. Um, of uh, product, I think that's, that's actually still quite important. I think health is the agenda is going to be driven by the government. You can kid yourself, but there's going to be an absolute assault on sugar mm. um, over the next few years, the like of which we've never seen. Yeah. I think alcohol, you know, has probably been demonised, but to the point where it's actually it's now about where it should be. 
Um, but I, th I think people are looking for lots and lots of variety. I think I think I think customers are a little bit unreasonable right now. I think the consumer expects to get everything for nothing, which I'm afraid is not sustainable because um, the the cost basis of restaurants is so high now. They're going to be in for a bit of a surprise. Um, but I think the street food um, is probably the big uh, sea change of the last 12 months yeah. with the pop-up uh, operations and the, the lighter weight operations. Whether that's sustainable or not, I don't know, but that's the new fad, and I do yeah. think it's very exciting because there's some great food coming out of it. Amazing. Great as a consumer. Well, yeah, if you do, if you do a mono product like bao buns or something, yes. um, and you do them brilliantly, then you know, fair play to you. But is that scalable? Can you, live, can you support you know, a, um, a big investment off that? I don't know, but... I think it's very exciting. Yeah, who knows? So if you were starting all over again right now, what would your advice be to yourself? Surround yourself with great people yeah. and spend the money. I'm quite, I was quite, I was very, very um, uh, uh, cautious because I didn't know where we are going, I suppose, in the early days. So I probably tried to do everything myself. Um, and then the, the, the greatest truth is you, you, if you... You really need to trust your own gut instinct, and um, I, I mean, I, I learned that um, after a few years because mm. I was I went in, I was pretty independent fairly early on. I mean, I guess there aren't, it's quite a lot of people doing now, but you probably know when a deal's right. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a landlord or a finance deal or a banking deal. You, you probably know more intuitively than you think you know. Um, I think a lot of people are very deferential to um, the experts or consultants or advisors, but the truth yeah. is, if you know your business really well you probably have a gut reaction which is probably nine times out of ten correct. So just have a bit of confidence and surround yourself with great people. Well, that sounds like very sound advice. Robin Rowland, thank you very much for sharing with us. Great pleasure. Thank you to our guest, Robin Rowland, CEO of Yosushi. If you want to get in touch with either Robin or Jane, you can find their contact details on our website, multisitemasters.co.uk. Thanks also to our episode sponsor, Yapster, the mobile chat app for retail and hospitality teams. To find out more about how Yapster can help your organisation, please visit yapster.info. That's Y-A-P-S-T-E-R.info. We hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to welcoming you back for next week's episode. As ever, you can email me via producer at multisitemasters.co.uk with any feedback or suggestions you might have for future guests. Thanks.